you for tuning into our first episode of Smart Homes, the podcast, brought to you by Smart Homes Canada, your guide to a connected lifestyle. My name is Alana Ferry, and I am the Associate Editor for Smart Homes Canada. To kick off our podcast, I am honored to introduce our first guest, Mark Saltzman, a freelance journalist, author, broadcaster, and technology expert. Like so many others, I grew up watching Mark as the host of the clever, yet informative gear guide on Cineplex <laughs> movie screens, and I am so excited to welcome him to our inaugural podcast. Mark, thanks so much for joining us. How are you doing? I'm great, Alana. Thank you so much for having me as a guest on your uh, podcast and your first one, no less. So congratulations. It's my honor to be to be here. So thank you again. And you know what? I have to ask this very hokey kind of question for this first podcast. How <laughs> smart is your home, Mark? Contrary to popular belief, and it's not like the Jetsons over here. Um, <laughs> we do have, we are selective about our smart tech. Uh, it's not a one size fits all scenario. Obviously, some people may be interested in, you know, Wi-Fi thermostats, but not video doorbells, or they may like the idea of video doorbells, but uh, they, they want a regular thermostat. I mean, look, it's um, we've got smart tech. We do have uh, an alarm system that lets us uh, arm and disarm from an app and see, you know, if a sensor was triggered when and which one. We've got uh, smart speakers in many rooms. Call that an occupational hazard, I guess, just because of what I do for a living. Companies like Amazon or Google will, would send me these kinds of devices. So I would put them in different rooms of the house. And we all listen to music or we communicate through that. Um, but it's not like it's like crazy robots. So uh, actually, I stand corrected. Since the start of COVID, we, my wife has discovered this one device that I reviewed and they didn't ask for it back. And it is a floor mopping robot. iRobot is the company and they're best known for their Roomba floor vacuuming robots. Well, this is called the Brava Jet M6 and it's a floor mopping robot. So it's the same idea. You let it go and it uh, cleans your hardwood floors or your tile or what have you. And, um, when it's detecting that it's running low on battery, it'll drive itself back to the base, charge itself up, and then continue the job. Um, and then it shows you on a map on an app where, like, what it did, and it tells you when it's done and all that. So that is the only robot we have. But uh, yeah, it's but surprisingly, if you walked around my house, you wouldn't think like you're in the future or anything like that. That sounds like a really cool technology. And I know for me, because I have a dog, I feel like I need to invest in this. I feel like I'm constantly cleaning the floors. Yeah. So you should, if you haven't already, like they come in different, you know, from $249 all the way up to $1,500, you can buy a robotic vacuum cleaner uh, from different companies like Dyson, from Shark, from, uh, you know, iRobot. And what I do like about the higher end iRobot uh, vacuum cleaners is not only will, yes, it'll drive around your home, it'll suck up pet hair and dirt and, and food crumbs and all that. But when it drives itself back to the base to charge up, there's actually now a second vacuum cleaner in the base. And what it'll do is it'll suck all that uh, dirt and pet hair out of the vacuum cleaner itself, the dustbin, without you having to empty it. And it empties it for you by itself into a bigger one that's in the base, which only needs to be replaced every month or two like 30 jobs, I think they say. So that's a, a nice sort of evolution of that technology is that now you don't have to even empty the dustbin until it's time like every month or two instead of every job where you have to go out, you know, turn the robot upside down, empty the dustbin, which may blow dust in your face and allergens. This is a, a smarter solution, but that is only on their higher end models. 
you know, that sounds fascinating. And especially if it requires very little work to do in the, you know, aftermath of doing the cleaning, that's really fascinating. Yeah, there you go. Some smart home tech saves you money. Some adds convenience to your day-to-day -day life, right? So it depends on what you're looking for. Mm -hmm, absolutely. And it's funny because even before I joined Smart Homes Canada, I kind of have been noticing, you know, just from people I've been talking to from family and friends that a lot of people have been expressing a lot of interest in smart home technology and investing in this. And, you know, I'm, I'm just curious, why do you think that interest kind of has spiked in recent years? Yeah, that's a good point. And it is true that smart home tech has seen double digit growth year over year. Because I think there's a lot of innovation in that space. Sometimes, depending on what industry we're talking about, it hits kind of like mass saturation and there's not a lot of innovation there like smartphones. Not a lot has really changed if you think about it. The cameras get better, the processors get faster, uh, the screens get bigger, but there hasn't been anything like mind-blowing in that space in, in a decade, I think. But with smart home tech, it has become a lot more affordable. You can buy a smart speaker for like $30 when it's on sale. So you're not breaking the bank. And uh, a lot of these now all communicate with one another. You, you, could, you can get away with like a Google this and an Amazon that and an Apple this. And for the most part, a lot of them will work together. You don't have to stick with one family of devices like it used to be where it was one platform that you had, had to adhere to. It now just works regardless of the manufacturer or they're competing companies, but they all work with Google smart speakers or Amazon uh, Alexa devices where you can use your voice. So it's a combination of prices dropping, increased competition that uh, will allow them to all work together too, and ease of use. Now you can use your voice. There's nothing more intuitive, in my opinion, for interfacing with your technology than using your voice. So you can ask your smart speaker, which is dirt cheap, to, to turn off the lights outside or turn down the ther thermostat a couple of degrees or to lock the doors, all that kind of stuff, just by asking for it. It's super intuitive. You don't need a degree in computer engineering to figure this stuff out. We thought an app was cool where you can open up an app and tap to uh, change the color of your lights to whatever using a smart, smart bulbs from Philips Hue and all that. Now it's done with your voice. It's even more convenient, hands-free. Mm -hmm. And I think there's also that element of security and feeling protected. I mean, I know for me personally, this was obviously before the pandemic, but back in November, I went on a cruise. And just shortly before that, um, we had installed a ring. You know, while we were away, we were able to see if there was anyone coming by, by our house. And just so we could create that illusion that someone was home, we could just have download the app on our phones and, you know, press a button and lights would turn on or they would turn off. And the uh, house sitter would come by or our cleaning lady. We had the notification. We were able to verify that the doors were locked. And even if something was unlocked, we could do that on international waters. And so I think a lot of people also are turning for, towards this smart home technology just for that additional safety aspect and that security. You brought up a great point. I said earlier the two main reasons why smart home tech was uh becoming popular was that it can save you money and it adds convenience, like having a robot clean your home for you. But the third reason to invest in some smart home tech is for security, or let's just say peace of mind. Um, so that is a great point. And I would argue that since the start of COVID, we've seen a lot more demand for things like a smart doorbell 
that uh, lets you know because we're ordering online a lot more. Um, we want to see who's there before we answer it for safety reasons. Or if somebody, you know, if there was a porch pirate incident in your neighborhood, you want to make sure that you're that you could see if somebody tried to lift your packages because that those cameras start recording even before they press the doorbell. So, you know, it's just a motion. So when they get up close to the door, you can have it start recording and push to your phone, even if you're not there. So yeah, security or, or peace of mind, that would be another reason why smart home tech is becoming popular. So for all those reasons, and then also one other thing I failed to mention is that all of this is tied together through strong Wi-Fi. So you need that infrastructure. You need that wireless infrastructure for all of these devices to talk to one another and back to you and your smart speaker, back to your phone and your app. And Wi-Fi is getting stronger and supporting more devices and broader range. So you can now even access your smart speaker in a backyard in many instances because we're now seeing you know, a larger uh, you know, we're seeing broader range with these uh, Wi-Fi routers and other solutions like these little pucks or, or hubs that you can place around your home. That's called a mesh system. So the infrastructure has matured to the point where we can get all these devices. The prices have dropped and, um, you know, there's and, and you're not breaking the bank. Yeah, for, for a lot of these technologies. And I think you bring up a good point with the surrounding, you know, right now we're in, living in this COVID-19 pandemic and, you know, a lot of people, they're buying online more. And so I'm just curious, you know, what's the impact that you have seen of this pandemic on the tech world, whether it's home security or other gadgets that you cover? So I haven't seen any stats yet, just because it's still pretty new. Like, I, so I can't quantify my suspicions with any like sales data. So I, 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 can, I can't tell you specifically which categories are selling more than others. I just know that uh, anecdotally, Amazon had told me their ring doorbells are going crazy. So that is one thing. And other cameras in the home, not just web cameras, because we're now a lot of us are Zooming or using other video platforms to work from home or school from home. So you can expect, of course, web cameras to be sold out everywhere. And they, had, they have been but uh, other kinds of cameras as well in and around your home. But smart home tech is, you know, a lot of it is for when you're not at home to keep an eye on what's going on, whether it's a pet cam or a nanny cam to see what's going on inside your house or, you know, what was starting to get popular before COVID were these boxes, these delivery boxes that you would put on your porch for, um, for deliveries. Again, the idea is that you want to reduce the odds of a porch pirate lifting your Amazon package. So these boxes started to get popular where a courier would walk up to it. It would unlock the door when it sensed someone. Uh, or they had to scan the package. Like th there's different models and they work a little bit differently. But the idea is that it's a lockbox that you would put a large box in there, close it up, and then you'd be notified on an app when you're at the office, for example, that uh, a package has been delivered. You may see a video clip of it as well. You know, you have that peace of mind knowing that your package is secure. Those were popular, but not really since COVID because most of us are at home. We'll just answer the door. But video doorbells to prove who it is there, who's there is becoming popular. So to go back to your question, I predict these smart home products will continue to be popular whether we're home or not. But post-COVID, we will start seeing again these uh, products that uh, let you keep an eye on your home when you're not there, let you see, they let you know that a package has been secured you know, and the ability to adjust the temperature. I, I know like in, in Toronto where I am, we've had a really hot summer. These smart thermostats can save you money by analyzing your behavior and, and making adjustments on the fly. Um, you know, it can sense when someone is there and when someone is not. So you don't need your air con cranked if nobody's there all day. But because we are, because of COVID, you may not be seeing the true value of a Wi-Fi thermostat right now, but um, it still can 
do things like when everybody's sleeping, turn itself down a couple of degrees or up, I mean, rather. So you don't have to like make your air cons work so hard um, if nobody is awake or at home, that kind of stuff. So yeah, it's going to continue to to grow and mature. And um, the and again, a lot of them are now working through your voice. So it's super convenient. You know, it's just fascinating to me what this technology can do nowadays. You know, I remember as a kid, you know, this was always one of those things where like in our creative writing classes as a kid, this it was, oh, this is going to happen a million years from now. And now it's happening in 2020. And it's just remarkable to me that, you know, you can turn on turn on your lights or completely change the, the air conditioning in your home just by p pressing a button in an app or just speaking speaking out loud. It's just fascinating to me that we've come this far. I showed on TV last week a robotic lawnmower that cuts your grass for you. That uh, I, we got a lot of uh, email and CTV said they got a ton of messages into the station about that. You know, what was that again? So it's the same idea as the Roomba vacuuming your floors or the Brava mopping your floors, but even outside your home. So whether you're home or not, you can, instead of a lot of people don't want to mow the lawn, uh, they can be using their time uh, more efficiently. They they will have this robot drive on its uh, on your grass and it'll stay within its uh, set parameter. And, and we can get into how that is, but it's not going to go into your neighbor's lawn and it'll navigate around objects and, uh, you know, even steep slopes and narrow passageways, it'll drive itself through. And then it's, it's quiet. So it can even run at night. Um, you can schedule it so you don't even have to be at home. You could do like cut cut it uh, every day at a certain time, and um, it's weatherproof. Uh, it's got built-in alarms in case anybody tried to lift it, and that's pretty cool. And that, by the way, is called the Husqvarna automower family of robotic lawnmowers. Pretty wild stuff. That's incredible. I I know that because uh, we hire a guy to mow our lawns because we hate doing it ourselves. But I think especially with the heat waves we've been having recently, that would also probably be a convenient factor as well. Yeah, like even if you liked mowing the lawn, but you only had time to do it at night, people probably don't appreciate a loud lawnmower, a gas-based lawnmower while they're trying to enjoy dinner with their family or later than that. So you could have this go at night because it's so quiet. It's an electric motor instead of a gas-based you know, one. So it's uh, pretty cool. Now, they're not cheap. They start at two grand for Ooh. the smallest model, which is for 0.4 acres of property or smaller. And then they go all the way up to like, I think 4,500 or five grand for sort of the top of the line model that can do a couple acres and stuff like that. But really neat technology. They've been doing it for a long time and uh, it works. But uh, yeah, you for that price, some people would say, oh, just hire a gardener. <laughs> so it's up <laughs> to you, right? But uh, it's pretty cool. There's window washing robots. There's uh, Bluetooth deadbolts so that you walk up to your house. You don't have to fumble for a, a key. It, it recognizes you either with the camera and using AI or artificial intelligence, or because you have a couple of devices on you that have been verified as your devices, like a smartphone and a smartwatch, for example. So it lets you in, starts playing, you know, your home starts playing the music that you like when you walk in the door. The temperature drops a couple degrees that, you know, the alarm is set. So uh, if anything is triggered, you can see on your TV while you're watching, you know, which sensor was triggered or your smartwatch vibrates and says, uh, you know, your mom's at your door. And and Apple, by the way, with their latest update uh, for iOS 14 that's uh, rolling out and some technology that's coming in the fall, you will hear your Siri smart speaker say to you, you know, your your granddad's at the door because it recognizes through facial recognition. With your permission, it will analyze the face and tell you verbally 
who's at your door. And even going back to that point that you made about the lawnmower that, you know, if someone tries to steal it, an alarm goes off. Is that is that something that's relatively new with this kind of tech with the smart technology? Because I think yeah. it would be remarkable that that if anyone tried stealing any of our stuff, an alarm just goes off. Yeah, I think for anything outdoors, you want to have those kind of safeguards built in, especially with an expensive device like this. So yeah, there's a couple of things. One, there's a very loud uh, alarm, very high decibel alarm that would screech if it got picked up. Uh, so you have to um, open up the panel. on. If you're the owner, you open up the panel on top and you press the button, you press in your code to, to confirm it's you. And then aside from that, they also have built in GPS so you can locate it on a map should it go missing, you could find it. Like you open up like a, a Google Maps kind of thing on the app and see where it is. You can you can locate it that way. Similar to some of the pet tech that I've been writing about lately. Um, usually around this time of year, I write about dog collars and cat collars that have uh, GPS tracking and other technologies for pet owners that uh, you can, there's one cool um, dog collar that lets you create a virtual fence with the collar itself. You press and hold the button on the collar, walk around like a swath of land, like let's say near a beach or at someone's cottage. You walk around with the collar while pressing the button. You make like a little square or rectangle, whatever. And then you put the, the collar back on your pet and it will, uh, or just that part on the existing collar. And uh, it will then uh, notify you if it ever leaves that property. It sends an alarm to your smartwatch or smartphone. And then you can also follow that pet on a on a map if it does leave that invisible, that geofence and uh, you, he, he or she doesn't return to you, you can find them. So cool, yeah, it's like a drone, oh. you can track it. <laughs> I think I am going to invest in that because if I ever let my dog off the leash, I will never see him again. He will happily <laughs> live off the land. There you go. <laughs> so cool stuff. As I said, it's not a one size fits all scenario. If you walk down your the, the aisle of your favorite big big box store or even a home improvement store, which now has devoted a lot of real estate to tech, uh, there's something for everybody. But again, it's, it's not assuming everyone's going to want the same stuff. It's it's highly personalized, which I think is cool. Mm -hmm. And given that you're the technology expert between the two of us in this conversation, um, what are some products that maybe you have used or any that you've written about a review that you think would benefit the homeowners of today? So I like the ones that save you money, especially in Ontario. We spent a lot on electricity and uh, other utilities. So personally, I think that um, there's a few things that I would recommend for anybody. I know this podcast isn't just limited to Ontarians, but um, if you find you're paying a lot for hydro, as we call it here, or, or utility, your utility bill, there are some tech that the technologies that can help. So for one, even though this isn't really high tech, really, uh, replace all your lights with LEDs. They're, the prices have finally dropped and there's seasonal rebates as well. Uh, so not only do they sip rather than gulp electricity, but um, you know we're talking like seven watts for a 60 watt equivalent, that kind of thing. But also they last a lot longer. So you're gonna save in that respect as well. They can last like 20 years, these bulbs. Um, so you don't have to replace them so often. So it's sort of like a double benefit there, but you do pay more for LED lights, of course. So just wait for those discounts. Second thing is, yeah, the Wi-Fi thermostats, whether it's summer or winter, devices like the Google Nest uh, thermo, uh, thermostat or the Ecobee family. So again, it analyzes your behavior in the home. If you are uh, starting to go out of the house again to work at say an office or what have you, it starts analyzing um, like when you're home, when you're not, it gets to know your schedule and makes, uh, you know, makes tweaks accordingly. Or you can override all that and have more control with an app or your voice. So you'll save money there. 
Another thing would be smart plugs. So um, a lot of people may not know that even if your appliances aren't being used and other large electronics, if they're plugged into the wall, they're still consuming electricity. It's called uh, phantom power or uh, vampire power because they are sucking electricity, even though they're not being used. And not even large appliances, small ones too. When you plug in your iPhone every night or your Android phone, it's probably charged up in about 40 minutes or less, but you keep it plugged in for eight hours. Depending on the phone you've got and the kind of plug that's included with your phone, it's still consuming power because it's plugged in, even though it's not being used. That can all add up if you think that you've got like 100 things plugged into the wall in your home, maybe. So smart plugs, which are as low as $25, uh, plug into the wall, and then you plug whatever you want into it. And that can be a smart strip as well, smart power strip, not just a single plug. They cost a bit more, but the idea is that you can plug five or six things in there. And then it kills the power 100% to that device once it's charged up. And it gives you more control. Uh, for example, if you plug your regular coffee maker, like a 20-year-old coffee maker, into a smart plug, uh, you then open up the smart plug app when you wake up in the morning, or if you've got a smart speaker on your night table, you can use your voice or use the app to start a cup of coffee, a pot of coffee even though you're not down there yet. So there's some convenience features with smart plugs, or you can set schedules, like have it come on automatically at 8 a.m. if your coffee maker doesn't allow you to do that already. So with smart plugs, you can set schedules and timers and use your voice or an app to start and stop whatever that device is. So that's a long answer to your simple question, which are what are the technologies, the smart home technologies I recommend, but those all will save you money. So I think a lot of people will like that, especially with what's going on, financial uncertainty and this whole global crisis that's not just a health issue, but a financial um, you know, nightmare as well for many. So I like the things that not only add convenience and maybe give you some peace of mind, but also can help you with your costs as well. Mm -hmm. I agree. And those are all things that I know for me as a consumer, I look for. And so those are all things that I'm probably going to be considering once we get we get off this uh, podcast and I'm going to start online shopping. <laughs> uh oh, <laughs> it's funny when you mentioned in the introduction that you used to watch me on Cineplex. Uh, and I don't know if it's going to return because as of now, as of the timing of this podcast recording, there's no movie theaters open right now. But um People, I, I used to get like positive emails, like, oh my God, I loved your segment and I went and bought this. Or I'll get like hate mail from spouses of people who saw my segment talking about a Tesla or something. It's like, great, my husband just bought, you know, that kind of thing. So yeah, <laughs> it was a hit and miss, right? But uh, yeah, no, I love this stuff. But again, it's not, I'm not assuming everyone's going to have the budget for it. Sometimes in my articles, I focus on less expensive tech. I'll write something like, you know, five awesome gadgets for under $30. Uh, just as much as I would try to sometimes pick the best of the best, because sometimes people are interested in the innovation side of things, like, you know, which often comes at a premium. You know, these this is the, the best TV you can buy, and here's why. I'm not suggesting everybody can afford a $10,000 TV, but sometimes I look at more affordable things, and I like I try to do that more often than not, and other times I look at the, the, the cream of the crop. And, you know, Mark, that really does answer all of the questions that I had for you today. Did you have any final thoughts or comments or anything I didn't ask that you would like to talk about? No, I think we covered a lot. Um, I want to thank you again for having me uh, in, you know, in your inaugural podcast. It's pretty exciting. And uh, I wish you much luck, Alana. This is 
pretty cool stuff. I love podcasting myself, which you can also, of course, access on your smart speaker. Um, <laughs> so <laughs> uh, in your home, as we're talking about smart home tech, but uh, no, I think we covered quite a bit, you know, so thank you so much. I really appreciate it. Well, thank you so much for joining us today. It was, it, you know, it really was such a joy for me being able to get to know you and to learn from your expertise. And, you know, I really do hope that, you know, sometime in the future that I can have you on as a guest again, because I, I love hearing, hearing all of your insights into smart home technologies and would love to learn where we are six months from now. I'd be happy to do so. So please reach out anytime. I will. Absolutely. Please stay tuned to future episodes of Smart Homes, the podcast. This was the first of hopefully many more episodes to come. Please check out CanadianSmartHomes.com for the latest information about all things smart homes and technology. 